Hello, sci-fi fans. This is Tim Russ, Tuvok from Star Trek Voyager, and you're listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. You're listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast, serving the latest news in sci-fi multimedia. And now, your hosts, Scott, Miles, and Em. Your table is ready. Live long and prosper. This is the captain. We have a little problem with our entry sequence, so we may experience some slight turbulence and then explode. I got a bad feeling about this. Walter, put the cow away, would you? What is this place? It's a freak show. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. I'm one of the hosts, Scott Herzog. And good evening, I'm Miles McLaughlin. And we are sans M tonight. Uh, M is not feeling real well. Yeah, it's too bad. It would be nice to have her. It would have been great to have her, but we're going to bring you a show anyways, and we have an awesome menu for you tonight. After all, we are the diner. And the show must go on. The show must go on, and food must be served. And uh, what is what are we serving up for our sci-fi listeners' palate tonight? Well, well, we'll be discussing a little bit what's going on in our sci-fi world. You'll, yeah, that'll be a nice appetizer. Mm-hmm. Uh, we And so we've also found uh, that movies that spell trouble. Yes, that's T-R-O-U-B-L-E, trouble. Mm -hmm. Right, they spell it. Uh, What else do we have? Um, We're going to kind of do sort of a hybrid show. Um, We're we're doing sort of a news show, but also a listener feedback show. So we'll be getting some of your feedback. Yep, and we have who joining us tonight? We have Mr. Tim Russ. Ooh, Mr. Voyager himself, our Vulcan and Voyager. Uh, Yes, uh, Commander... Commander Tuvok from uh, Star Trek Voyager. And uh, we have some dessert. And what's our dessert tonight? So we we got uh, our Sci-Fi 5 at 5, obscure shows that uh, Damien thinks you should watch. Very true. Very true. Well, so why don't we talk about a little bit what was going in our Sci-Fi world, since that was the first thing in on the menu. Mm -hmm. Miles, do you want to start? Sure. Um, My wife and I saw in theaters uh, a few weeks ago... um, the sequel to Divergent, uh, Insurgent. And what did you think of the sequel? We, we enjoyed it a lot. It, we thought um, just as good as the first one. Um, after seeing it, I'm not, I'm, from what I understand, it's supposed to be a sequel, but it seemed like they sort of wrapped things up. But Well, I think there's like three books in the series. That's, that's what I was told, and so it, it's very possible we'll probably get a, a sequel to this. Oh, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. Uh, on the TV front, um, watching, um, still en- you know enjoying Arrow, Flash, um, Walking Dead, Marvel, um, Marvel Agents of Shield, um, uh, Big Bang Theory, um, Game of Thrones. That just came back. Watched the first episode uh, just recently. Uh, you said it was like a setup episode, right? That's what it felt like to me. I mean, it was nice to see um, see, see see our heroes back, but. Um, just not a lot, just not not a lot going on. It was just more of like, you know, the, 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 these these are players in, in in this play, and so um, and kind of tell you what 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 what's going on, what's happening, and sort of just just setting things up. But that's okay. That's all right. I mean, it's going to be it's only the first episode. And I'm not going to give up on it yet. Um, Star, Star Trek books uh, I'm reading right now. I just finished reading um, one from Christopher Bennett. Um, he is um, writing some in in in, in, the, in the Star Trek Enterprise universe. Um, 
last one he wrote was uh, Uncertain Logic. Um, so these these novels novels take place like 10, 15 years after the series ended. So, but that's how he, that's how they're kind of continuing on. Awesome. So if they can't continue it on TV, let's continue it in novelization. Absolutely. And then in the end, when they come out with an actual sequel to the series, they'll just pretend Talk. the books never happened. They'll just throw out what, what was written in the books, yeah. <laughs> yeah, throw out Star Wars did it, and mm-hmm. uh, Star Trek has done it, and uh, the novels are not canon. Ask Dayton Ward about that. He likes to have the canon discussion. Oh, he loves that one. So uh, seriously, uh, folks, if you're friends with Dayton Ward, make sure you ask him about canon and tell him that Sci-Fi Diner sent you. He's going to hate us, Scott. He's going to kill us off again. He's going to kill us in his own books. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, well, we made it in, and uh, you never know what happens. We are red-shirted, aren't we? Basically, we're, we're, we're engineers, so engineer, engineers are where we're red-shirts. Yeah, so. yeah we're, we're disposable. We're disposable, so we're able to be killed. Yeah. Uh, did you watch, now, I think I heard rumors that you watched the first episode of Daredevil? I caught the first 45 minutes of it, and I really liked what I saw. I just... Wasn't in a position I could watch the whole thing. There's been a lot of talk. I think Emma loves Daredevil. And so I, I think um, it's a little more, I mean, from what I understand, it takes place in the Marvel Universe where the movies take place in. However, uh, this is definitely a little more grittier, uh, a little more, it, it's not quite as family friendly. So a little bit more like Arrow, not so Flash? Well, he, even more so. This is on Netflix, and, and Netflix, they can get away with a lot more. Okay. A uh, l- little rougher language. Um, I mean, the violence, I mean, hasn't been that bad, but, I mean, it's it's just started. Right. So you, but but you're liking it. That's not turning you off. It's not, no, it's not turning me off at all. <laughs> uh, so that doesn't bother you at all, then? No. That's rougher like that. Very awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, so for me... Uh, the most recent movie I saw in theaters was Home, mm-hmm. which is kind of science fiction. It's the so that's the animated one by DreamWorks um, that that they just came out, and it's the uh, and so basically these aliens come invade the planet and put humanity in like Australia <laughs> and uh, take over the rest of the planet, and it's kind of this little aliens discovery of what it means to be human, right? Um, and so probably the biggest thing, so I took Kiefer, my son, to go see this, which is the only reason I really saw it in theaters, but it was enjoyable. I mean, the guy that, so do you remember like the king of the lemurs in like Madagascar, the one that says, I like to move it, move it. I heard, I've heard the song, but I, I, I've not seen it. Okay. So he's like the king dancer, right? He's like the villain in this. He he voices a villain. Mm -hmm. So if you like those movies, they're kind of fun. Now, is this the movie where they had the, the lead the the actor is, is voiced by is it Jim Jim Parsons from Big Bang Theory. Or, this is a girl lead. Well, I don't know the uh, maybe the, alien, maybe, the maybe, alien, maybe maybe you might be right. The alien lead is by. Jim We could Parsons. easily IMDb this and find out. We we could and we uh, could. And so you can, I set you on a task. All hail Miles. You I bestow on thee the task of finding out who plays. Yeah, you got it. Anyway. I, I, I'm corrected. It, Jim Parsons is one of the voice talents. Is he and, O? Um, I'm checking. Uh, and and Rihanna, the the pop star, she's the female. Yeah. So I knew I knew the Rihanna was in it. it it's mm. it's well done. It's a fun movie. It's 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 enjoyable. I don't know if it's worth seeing in theaters unless you have kids and want to go see it in theaters. Mm-hmm. Maybe if you like animation, sure, go to see it. As DreamWorks, so I mean DreamWorks. 
has this little competition going with Pixar, right? I mean, as far as putting out animated shorts like this, but they did a real good job with this. I enjoyed it. Yeah, Steve, Steve Martin did the voice of Captain Smack, and uh, Jim Parsons was the voice of uh, O. Okay, good. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so I saw that. That was the last thing I saw in theaters. Uh, and television, not watching much in television right now. I'm obviously excited about the X-Files revival that's coming this summer, I believe. We have a miniseries coming uh, of the X-Files. I'm looking forward to that. Also, Heroes Reborn. I'm looking forward to that. But these aren't shows I've really watched. I mean, what am I watching right now? I'm watching um, Moon Phase, which is an animated uh, fantasy series. It's anime I'm watching with my daughter. And it's about this vampire and this vampire's lover. So it's kind of this romantic sci-fi fan, it was romantic fantasy bent. So I'm watching that. I am watching Star Wars Rebels. Uh, I'm caught up with that. Absolutely loving that show. Much better than Clone Wars. Although, and they throw some homages back to Clone Wars. I want to go watch Clone Wars too. I just haven't done it yet. I, I wish I could watch... Uh... Rebels, uh, yep. it's not available on my. Yeah, we, we bought the series on iTunes, so that's mm-hmm. how we're so that's how we're keeping up with that. Mm-hmm. That's probably the only current show I'm watching. Other than that, I am um, I'm watching um, Babylon Five. Still working through that series slowly uh, as I kind of when I have time when I'm on the treadmill and. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other things uh, in my sci-fi world, I'm reading. I'm reading Wheel of Time. I'm on book 14. They are about to invade the Dark Lord's lair. They don't call him the Dark Lord. But but that's basically what they're doing. So I'm about middle of the book. And once I'm done with that, I think there's one other book, like a, a prelude book, that like I could, a prequel that I could read. But I'm pretty well done with the series. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also working through, I just finished Heretics of Dune. So another Frank Herbert book, working my way through the Dune Saga, and that's for the Dune Saga podcast. Really enjoyable book. And I'm enjoying the Wheel of Time series as well, although it was long. And so I'm kind of looking for like the next book to sink my teeth into. Mm-hmm. And so I'm open, open to suggestions, but I will tell you there's, there's two on my plate that I'm thinking about. One is Ready Player One, which I haven't read yet, but it's being made into a movie, so I feel like I should read it. Um, and then the other one that I want to read is Childhood's End, which is being made into a mini series by the Siffy Channel, um, coming out in December. Okay. So. I I forgot to say I'm also watching um, Twelve Monkeys, a TV show, and I was going to ask you about. So how is Twelve Monkeys? It, it just wrapped up its first season, and I'm really liking it. It's it's a little more grittier sci-fi. It's on at like nine or ten o'clock at night, um, and so. Uh, it's not feel good sci-fi. It's definitely well. Twelve Monkeys a movie was not feel good sci-fi, right? <laughs> and so it, it, the, the TV show is living up to it, and you always have that. It's rare a, a TV show that that can't, that was inspired by a movie succeeds, but uh, so far this this one is is doing well. Well, they got a second season, so they. Uh... They liked it well enough. They right. Like it, no, enough, well enough. it got enough viewers. Um, well, you know, there's not much sci-fi on the Siffy channel, so if that's true. you might as well keep this one on. Exactly. So I think they are I think they are slowly trying to change that. That's my the rumor I've heard. I don't know if that's true or not. I hope so. So, yeah, we need to bring some more sci-fi back to the sci-fi channel. More The sci-fi channel needs more sci-fi. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, I think that's about it. I don't think there's anything else really going on in my sci-fi world. It's just, that's basically it. Mm-hmm. 
Um, we have some cons. We're getting ready for shore leave. Some new shore leave actors have been announced. And uh, mm. Baltic Con's coming up the end of May mm-hmm. for those of us. We'll probably do an interview with uh, Michael Schilling again about shore leave somewhere down the pike here. Mm. Oh, we didn't mention we got nominated for a Parsecs. That's exciting. We got nominated for so 2015 Parsecs. We now are a Parsec nominee. Um, and so we'll see if we make it into the final five. So it'd be great to win a parsec. It would. Actually. It would be awesome to win a parsec. But, uh, yeah, we'll at least uh, give it a whirl. And uh, but being nominated, and we were a finalist once. And, I mean, I was. You know, we were fi- twice. We were finalists. Tw- twice. twice. So, so I mean, uh, nominated. I think each year, but finalist twice. So mm-hmm. hey, you know, whatever. We we'll continue to podcast. Not like we're quitting podcasting just because we didn't make it into the finals. No, but. All right, well, uh, before we move into our movies that spell T-R-O-U-B-L-E, we're going to uh, we're gonna share a promo with you, and this is from our good friend Jim Arrowwood. You're going to be hearing from him in just a moment because he's going to be sharing his thoughts on some feedback. But uh, Jim Arrowwood has a blog called Jim's Sci-Fi Blog, and um, you really should check it out. And um, they're going to mention the URL in there, but just type it in. It's just as easy in Google. He reviews and gives his honest opinion on movies, DVDs, TV shows, books he's reading. You talk, I mean, talk about someone that's prolific in the world of science fiction. It's Jim Arrowwood. Right. So well worth the lesson. Make sure you check out Jim's sci-fi blog. When you don't read Jim's sci-fi blog, you are uninformed of the science fiction world. When you are uninformed about the science fiction world, you go to the cantina. When you go to the cantina, you meet attractive Cylon women who want to take you to outer space. Wondered when you'd get here. When Cylon women take you to outer space, you have to run for your life. When you run for your life, you trip on a tribble and sprain your wrist. When you sprain your wrist, you get medical attention from a doctor named Walter Bishop. I had a fruit cocktail once. Don't seek medical attention from a doctor named Walter Bishop. Assimilate JimSciFiBlog.com. Resistance is futile. Well, let's move into movies that spell trouble. And um, uh, Miles, I think looks like you are the first movie that is spelling a little bit of trouble. Right. It, it, so Wonder Woman didn't get much of a break on TV, and it's not going to get much of a break in the movies either. Yeah, or at least it's uh, it, things are looking kind of iffy right now. So Wonder Woman will be uh, the first solo outing for the DC c- character and will feature uh, Gal Gut. Godot, I'm not sure if I pronounced her name right. If I'm not, I apologize. In the title role. With a director in place, we really thought the movie was in the clear. But now there's been a setback. The film has lost a major part of its creative team. According to The Hollywood Reporter, Wonder Woman no longer has a director. What? I know. How can you have a movie without a director? Precisely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Michelle McLaren has officially let, left the project. So what happened? Warner Brothers released a, a pretty generic statement regarding McLaren's reason for leaving. Given creative differences, Warner Brothers and Michelle McLaren have decided not to move forward with plans to develop and direct Wonder Woman together. Some rumors about specifics have been circulated by uh, Badass Digest, including clashes between McLaren and WB over the time period in which the film would be set as some choices that could have potentially alienated existing fans. 
So a tiger sidekick, for example. Yeah, you know, uh, this is sad for Wonder Woman. What well, they have struggled so much to bring Wonder Woman to the screen, and we're kind of getting thrown a little bit of baboon here because she's supposed to make an appearance in the Superman Batman movie, right? Right. That's coming out. Mm-hmm. Still haven't seen a real trailer for that, although there's some good fan made trailers out there. Uh, but for her to get her own movie, this is long overdue. Long overdue. Mm-hmm. And so to have this happen is not good. No. no. So hopefully hopefully they, f- they get, find a good director soon. And uh, um, it'd be nice to see a female superhero uh, get So it. Uh, still slated for 2017 uh, release. So, uh, so we lost a director. Who do you think should direct Wonder Woman? I, I I would love this to happen, but it's not going to happen because he's working for the other team. Um, uh, I mean, J- Joss Whedon is directing uh, Avengers, so I think he he was going to he was penned at one time to I think direct and produce Wonder Woman, but that you know he was first on my list as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I uh, talk about someone that would have done the female character right and made it what it should be. He he writes some, such great strong female leads. Oh, absolutely. And uh, perfect for the role. And I don't see why it would be a problem with him with him swinging with the other team. I mean, look at J.J. Abrams. Star Trek, and then he flips over to Star Wars. Come on, that's kind of swinging for the other team in the geek world, right? I would not be opposed to that. It's just, it, 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 would the powers that be be so amenable? Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll mm-hmm. see. He's definitely, uh, maybe listeners, who would you have direct uh, if someone could direct Wonder Woman? Who should they get to replace this Wonder Woman director? Hmm. And are you looking forward to Wonder Woman? I think I am. So, I'm yeah. cautiously... They'll have to make a very good trailer. We'll see before I, you know, I, I invest myself. So, Miles, why are we not getting a Hawk movie? I don't know. It's upsetting. Yeah. Well, we so we aren't getting a Hawk movie, right? A standalone Hawk movie. We of course have, um, I don't know, the early one that I won't even mention, and then we have the Edward Norton Bruce Banner one, which was pretty good. Which was pretty good. But then we have that. But the Hawk that we really have gotten to know and love has been through the Avengers movie, and that's you know Mark Ruffalo's. Uh, Mark Ruffalo's uh, Hawk is just almost this tender, mild man. That boy. Don't want to make Hawk angry, <laughs> you know. Hawk smash, you know. You you have that, and there was an interview done with him by um, who was it? But anyway, uh, Natalie Karen wrote an article in which they talk about it. And there's an interview, and we'll post the interview in there. I guess he sat down with Collider to talk about it. And what? Why haven't we seen a Hawk movie? And he kind of spills a bean. He says, first of all, um, they are clocked to do maybe up to four five Avenger movies now and he's slated to be in them and he doesn't mind playing the role but here is the deal Hmm. the reason we have not seen a Hawk a standalone Hawk Hawk movie is this and he says this I'm going to quote him as far as a Hawk movie a standalone Hawk movie Marvel doesn't really have the rights to that yet it's still Universal's property so that's the issue that's a big impediment to moving forward with that. Now, I don't think it's insurmountable, by the way, but I don't know where it's going from here for me. 
So that actually explains a few things. Why isn't Marvel working on a deal with Universal? I mean, if Marvel and Sony can do it with a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, so can Universal, right, guys? Work it out? Well, so, but that's kind of the deal. They do not own the rights. And if you think about, you have, Disney owns the rights to, Mar- Disney owns Marvel. And then you have Universal. Universal has that theme park, that Marvel theme park. Yeah, I don't, I don't see them two, you know, doing business together. Not without a good price tag attached to it. It would have to be financially satisfying to both of them. Yeah, I mean, money talks. So, I mean, mm-hmm. and who has money? Disney has money. Disney we aren't, has money. We aren't going to argue with that. I, I think it's doable. Um, do I really want another Hulk movie? I don't know if I do. I, I, I wouldn't. I'm not going to be upset if I don't get one. I mean, if he's going to be in, in they say five Avenger movies. Well, yeah, they have the uh, what Avengers: Infinity One and Two coming out mm-hmm. after this. Yeah, I mean, so we're we're going to get a lot of Hulk. I mean, we will get a lot of Hulk. Yeah, um, and uh, we don't know whether he's in uh, the next uh, Captain America movie, Civil War. Mm-hmm. So, and he can make another appearance in, in another Marvel. You know, yeah, I mean, so we could see him. I, I just don't know. Right, I don't know. So uh, are you folks looking forward to that, listening? Let us know if you would love to see another Hawk movie, and if so, would you like to see Mark play it? Do you like Mark's portrayal of the Hawk? And do you think Universal suggests, come on, give a little, give the fans something to sink their teeth into? I don't know. Yeah, I'm just, I mean, if, if, if they and Disney could come to an agreement, I mean, I just, I see dollar signs. I see dollar signs. Yeah. I don't see why. I don't see why it wouldn't. Right. Well, this next movie that we're going to talk about, I don't know if this spells trouble, but it does bring up some questions. And I got to admit, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to this movie. And uh, but there is some casting that came out that I don't know if this is trouble or not. Miles, g- give us a little bit of information here. So we're told that Brent Spiner will return for Independence Day two. Wait, wait, was it? He the guy in the that the alien like took his claw around his neck and said peace, no peace. Wasn't that him? I I thought basically his character was killed off. And right, right. Well, there is cloning, right? There's cloning. There's this is a sci-fi. Nobody truly dies. Right, right. So, but Brent Spiner is returning for Independence Day too, right? It certainly seems that way, and with director Roland Emmerich uh, announcing on Twitter that uh, Brent Spiner will return in the upcoming Independence Day 2. Emmerich also announced the addition uh, of... Uh, uh, Fargo actress. Yeah, uh, Fargo actress uh, Joey Nutt King to the cast, which already includes Vivica Fox, uh, Jesse Usher, Jeff Goldblum, uh, Liam Hemsworth, and, and Charlie uh, Gainsbourg. Charlotte. Charlotte, uh, Charlotte Gainsbourg. And, yeah. Different Charlotte. No, yeah. yeah. Uh, Carter Blanchard is writing the script for the sequel, which is reportedly set for a June June 24th, 2016 release. They so. really need to move that back to July 4th. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's right around there. So we are going to, you know, they're trying to get the holiday, pre-holiday, I guess, uh, thing there. Uh, you know, this cast is kind of interesting because we haven't, I haven't seen Jeff Goldblum in a lot of stuff recently. Not anything big. Um, I mean, I think he's, I've seen, he's been on some TV shows, but uh, as far as any kind of big movie or anything like that. But Will Smith will not be in Independence Day, too. That's that, my understanding. 
That blows my mind. But he is in he. I, I just saw him cast in some superhero, um, Captain Marvel. Maybe I don't know. There was there was some superhero thing. That I saw him as being kind of this ensemble cast, and I thought, well, why can't you do Independence Day too? Sure. Um, but I, you know, I don't know right now. So I guess Doctor Brackish Oaken survived. Is what, what we're really saying here. Mm-hmm. They need to bring Adam Baldwin back into the movie. I was thinking. I mean, he he. I, I liked him in that. Um, well, who, who played the president in that movie? Um, Bill Pullman. Yeah, Bill Pullman. They could bring him back. Although, I mean, he wouldn't be president anymore, but he could still he, be a consultant. Ex president. I mean, yeah. well, he he former Air Force uh, pilot. I mean, yeah, yeah, certainly. Mm-hmm. I um, I'm cautiously. I I loved Independence Day, the movie. I've watched that numerous times. I have it on Blu-ray, but. It's been a long time. It, it, it'll be 20 years since it, it was out last. I mean... Well, yeah, so what? It'll be exactly 20 years. They, they yeah. It. And they, they've done sequels like that. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm cautiously optimistic. That's... Yeah, I mean, if it's a summer... I mean, it's going to be a summer blockbuster. I, I could be persuaded to maybe see it in theaters. No, I, I probably will see it in theaters. Mm-hmm. This was the movie that I saw... Um, in theaters, uh, like the night before I got married, like my bachelor party. Part of that whole drama was mm-hmm. going to see that movie. I, I can see why that may, that movie may have special uh, it is a special meeting. meeting to yeah. Yeah, yeah, hanging out with the guys, watching Independence Day, mm-hmm. watching aliens blow crap up. It's awesome. The White House being destroyed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so very good stuff. It's uh, not that I want the White House destroyed. You know, NSA, if you're listening, right? Um, but. Uh, Anyways, so I, I don't know. Does it spell trouble, Miles? I don't think so. I, I mean, I, I, they're going to have to do some explaining how Brent Spiner's character is back, but... They're able to do that. But I, I don't... They'll come up with something. Yeah, absolutely. Well, before we go into some listener feedback, let's share with you the next promo for our show. Uh, for our show. And this is a show on the Chronic Rift Network, which we're also a part of. And this sh- it's a show called It Has Come to My Attention. And what this show is about is they, 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 they kind of scour the web for little sci-fi tidbits that may not have made like mainstream news, but you might find interesting. And uh, so if you're looking for something nuanced, a little bit off the beaten path, It Has Come to My Attention just might be the podcast for you. Greetings. I'm Kevin Lauderdale. And the name of the show is It Has Come to My Attention. Once a month, I spend just a few minutes drawing your attention to genre-related things that may have slipped under your geek radar. Classic movies finally out on DVD or Blu-ray, not-so-well-known books, audio, graphic novels. Not the sort of stuff you'll see on Amazon's front page, but the sort of treasures that are buried several clicks in under the recommendations carousel. About half the time I mention things for proper geek parents put into the hands of proper geek kids. And sometimes I even do a funny voice or two. All of this for free as part of the Chronic Rift Network. Available on iTunes and at chronicrift.com. Well, welcome back. Let's go ahead and move into our listener feedback, and we're going to start with a uh, with a little um, 
little bit of an audio clip from Jim Arrowwood. We mentioned him earlier on Jim's Sci-Fi blog, and he actually called in and left us a message on the diner and said, hey, let me back up. He actually sent us in via MP3 through email, which is an awesome way to do it. Mm -hmm. And he's letting us know a little bit about what's going on in his sci-fi world, and we're going to listen to this and then comment on it. But Jim, ahead of time, thank you so much for sending this in. Love having you as a listener on the podcast. So this is Jim Arrowwood from Jim Sci-Fi Blog. Greetings, Scott, Miles, and M. It's been a while since I last called in, so I thought I would leave a few remarks in response to episode 245's Sci-Fi 5 and 5 submitted by Colin, with three shows that I think should have at least honorable mention as obscure shows worth watching just because they are shows that I enjoy re-watching from time to time. The first of the three I would like to submit for consideration is Earth 2, it starred Deborah Ferentino and, more notably, Clancy Brown. Earth 2 first aired on NBC in 1994 and was canceled after the first season due to falling ratings. For those that didn't see this one, and I'm reading from the DVD cover, this is the story of Devon Adair, who is struggling to find a healthy environment for her deathly ill son, Ulysses. Disregarding government orders, she puts together an expedition to found a new civilization on an Earth-like planet 22 light-years in the future. But after their ship crash lands on the wrong side of planet G-889, the colonists quickly discover that their new home already has some very strange and hostile inhabitants. It wasn't the greatest show on television, but it did have at least one groundbreaking aspect because of the main character, Devon Adair, was one of the first female commanders in a science fiction television show preceding the better-known Captain Janeway of Star Trek Voyager by just a matter of weeks. Another series I enjoy from time to time is Alien Nation, which aired on Fox in 1989. This show was adapted from the movie of the same name that was in theaters the year before. Reading from Wikipedia, As with the film, the series follows the newcomers, an alien race bred as slaves on a distant planet whose ship crashes on Earth. With their ship found to be irreparable, the authorities on Earth decide to settle the refugees in Los Angeles. Retaining the film's police drama format, the series stars Eric Pierpont as George Francisco and Gary Graham as Matthew Sykes. Episodes explore themes of racism and the treatment of minority ethnic groups. This series was a mostly episodic format that seemed kind of disjointed at times. Not at all considered to be a good show, it had appeal to me because of the interaction of the main characters and the growth of Sykes, who started out being portrayed as a bigoted jerk, but soon learned to overcome his prejudices. My third submission is for another one-season show from Fox that was just getting good when it was cancelled after the 1995-96 season. A not unfamiliar situation, to be sure. Space Above and Beyond is one of my favorites and is well worth a look. Reading from the DVD cover, it's the year 2063. After 150 years of deep space exploration, the people of Earth feel that they are alone in the universe. Then word comes that two Earth outposts light years away from home have been brutally attacked by an advanced civilization now new young recruits of the United States Marine Corps Aviator Cavalry are heading to the front lines of space in the toughest battle the world has ever faced. Thrust into an intergalactic war beyond imagination, 
these untested fighter pilots suddenly find themselves waging a life-and-death struggle to protect Earth and to save mankind from total annihilation. This show had some awesome moments, very strong episodes, and a great cast that worked well together. It was nominated for two Emmys and a Saturn Award, and was ranked in IGN's Top 50 Sci-Fi Television Shows, and was described as yet another sci-fi show that went before its time. If there was one problem, it was that the word for cancellation apparently came too late for the show's series to have any closure. The last episode is painful, in that there are numerous unanswered questions. Well, that's all for now. Until next time, Kapla. Jim's sci-fi blog, make sure you check it out. These are his thoughts on three shows that didn't make the list that Colin Taylor put together for us. Thank you, Colin, again for doing that. Mm -hmm. What do you think of these three uh, that he mentioned here? Did you watch any of them? I've watched... Uh... Earth 2 and Alienation, I didn't watch Space Above and Beyond, however. Okay, so what did you think? Uh, did, does Earth 2 and Alienation belong on that list? I, I I didn't watch Earth 2 from beginning to end. It lost me. I, um, it Things just, I don't know. It, it, it got, got a little weird towards the middle, and it just, I lost interest in it. So, um I, I didn't care for it that much, um, so I I, I I I I understand why it was canceled. I, I don't I I mean I understand. I, I think uh, Jim agrees. I mean, one of the things I had going for it was one of the first sci-fi shows that a female you know lead in the commander. Right. I did see Earth Two mm-hmm. on television. Mm-hmm. I remember watching it, but I don't remember much about it. I I think I w- started watching it because it was on. Was either on before or after Sequest. I was I was watching Sequest, okay. and I think my my VCR may have recorded a minute or two of it, and I thought I'll give it a chance. So I, I did watch a few episodes, but I, I gave up on it after a while. Right, and I never saw Alien Nation. I mean, familiar with the movie, never watched the TV show, mm-hmm. and one show that I did not watch, but you know, Jim's description of it has me a little bit interested. Is is a space above and beyond? See now, now I. That that's a show I would like. I might give a chance. I might have to get the DVDs. And, yeah, I wonder if it's on Netflix. I don't think it is. Yeah, I don't think it's on Netflix yet. I have to see how much DVDs are, or if I can buy like an iTunes or something, mm-hmm. if it's worth it. But uh, I did enjoy Alienation for many of the reasons why um, uh, Jim said, and uh, there was some good humorous moments. Uh, the the aliens, uh, the Tanktonies. Uh, got drunk on sour milk. Um, <laughs> they had different dietary habits that the humans did, and that made for some interesting situations. Um, and the, the character Sykes, I mean, yeah, he was a jaded jerk, but at the you know at the end of the series, he was d- dating a Tanktonese female, and um, the Tanktonese what? Are, they were the aliens. They were the aliens. Um, and. It only lasted one season, but for some reason, it, it still had a lot of popularity. It, it had it, it did like three or four TV movies. Like after that, after that, yeah. Wow. So it, it 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 resonated with a lot of people because I mean, they kept putting out that those TV. So another movies. Uh, show canceled too soon. So I, I think so, but um, but the TV movies were good. So I mean, and they were they're, it's, they're all available on Netflix if you want to check wow. that out. 
Oh, very good. Very good. Well, appreciate you again. And Jim, just so you know, you weren't alone. Damian Haywood, you're going to hear from him in his Sci-Fi 5 and 5. He's going to give us five other shows. I don't think you mentioned any of them, Jim, that he thinks should have been on that list or are on, are on his list mm-hmm. of ones that he watched and that are a little bit obscure, but maybe should be watched. But Well, let's move into our next piece of listener feedback. And this comes from Sarah. And I, there's two, and there's one, a Facebook comment, and then what she, she commented on one of the blog posts that we put up on the site. So why don't you read the blog post first? So this is what Sarah has to say. I just listened to this podcast. and I had to share my favorite Padme moments. The entire theme song for Star Trek Enterprise has to go down as one of the most cringeworthy moments in the entire canon. It was just so totally off the whole series that I think it has to count as a, as a Padme moment. So I, I know I know how she's using the Padme moment as a reference. Right, right, right. We we talked about that in the one show, like your favorite Padme moments. So thank you, Sarah, for sharing them. And uh, yeah, it is a departure from Trek, yeah. no doubt. Yeah. And she has others too. Another is Kim Basinger in the uh, Tim Burton uh, Batman movie with the whole "Why won't you let me love you?" scene. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. My my biggest of all time is actually not in a sci-fi movie, so maybe it will be disqualified. But Andy McDowell at the end of Four Weddings and a Funeral, the line is, it's still raining. I hadn't noticed. Always makes me cringe. Uh, I've never saw the movie, so I can't uh, yeah, me neither. weigh in. I know there are others, but I, I can't, but I can't think of them right now. I also can't believe no one picked uh, the Firefly theme song as one of the best sci-fi themes ever. Although it is seriously tough to, to whittle it down to just five of the great ones of the years, I totally agreed with uh, Raul and Doctor Who as number one. I just discovered your podcast. I'm really enjoying it, so thanks for the great discussions. Awesome. Well, we're glad to have you on as a, a new listener to the podcast, and uh, and uh, glad you're agreeing with Raul. Raul, of course, does the Babylon Project podcast with Jim Arrowwood, mm-hmm. who you just heard. And uh, Firefly theme song... Um, is good. Is it one of the most notable sci-fi th- 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 theme songs I can speak here of all time? I don't know if I would put it up there. It's good. Yeah, it's uh... certainly brown coats are live and die by that song. Right, right. <laughs> and they'll, and they'll have that sing-alongs at at uh, conventions. Yeah, personally, if I have a sing-along, I'm I'm, I'm partial to Jane. Jane, no, no, the man they called Jane, but that's that, not a theme song. But it's a great sing-along. It is a great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, she also wrote and left a message. I believe it's her. And if, I, if it wasn't you, then please forgive me. This is another Sarah. But uh, Sarah also wrote on Facebook a little message to us. So Sarah also says this. Okay, I put this on the website in the comments, but I just felt I needed to put it here too. Uh, Max Hedrum was an awesome, completely obscure sci-fi show that was canceled too soon. Can't be found anywhere. Totally legally for unknown reasons given to its cult status at the time. I also love the original uh, The Tomorrow People from the BBC. First uh, intro to telepathy and telekinesis or, or the idea of a more evolved humans. Also uh, we're watching for the crazy wide uh, uh, bell bottom pants. <laughs> so she had two more two more here. Tomorrow People she said and um, the Max Headroom series. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the Max. I knew there was one. I don't remember. I don't think I ever watched it. I remember it being on TV, but I, I didn't watch it, and I remember it not lasting too long. No, it didn't. It didn't. Mm-hmm. So it might be hard to find because of that. Right. 
Kind of like the Star Wars holiday special. There's a reason why it's hard to find. There is. But you can watch it on YouTube, the entire thing. Right. Yeah, so, so it's not impossible to find. Not impossible to find. Uh, well, thank you, uh, both of you, for writing in and give, sharing us your thoughts about uh, shows that you think missed the list. And we're going to be sharing, again, a few more from Damien Haywood in just a little bit here. Well, we have Tim Russ joining us in just a moment. Before he joins us, let's share one other promo, and this is from Generation Geek, or Gen Geek. And Generation Geek is a podcast that is more family-friendly, looking at all geeky things from a family perspective. And so, uh, also a Chronic Rift podcast. Here's a promo. Make sure you check them out. The following presentation is brought to you through the power of science. Ooh, shiny. I'm science fiction writer Scott Pearson. I'm his daughter, Ella. And we are, are two, two generations, generations of geek. geek. Anything can happen in the next half hour. If you like geeky things. And we know you do. Check out our podcast, Generations Geek, a family-friendly celebration of the nerdiverse, brought to you by the Chronic Rift Network, which broadcasts from a treehouse in Lothlorien. We talk amongst ourselves about geeky things, like our favorite movies, from black and white classics of stop-motion animation to the latest in 3D CGI, Plus, we have amazing guests, from New York Times best-selling authors to astronauts. No, really, astronauts. Drop by GenerationsGeek.com for links to all our episodes. And remember, no geeks are harmed in the making of our podcast. So, Miles, this past February, we went down to Farpoint. Right. And we had a chance to sit with who? Uh, Mr. Tim Russ, uh, also known for his work on Star Trek Voyager as uh, Commander Tuvok. 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 And you mentioned in Spaceballs, right? Yes, he had a, he had a, a bit role. A bit role in Spaceballs, now, but, a, but a humorous one. And that was prior to? Oh, yeah. Spaceballs is... Predates late, it, like 80s? Uh, I would say late, yeah, late 80s, yeah. Yeah. So Tim Russ, he's an accomplished musician accomplished, yep. and mm-hmm. has continued to work in the Star Trek field. What is he doing in Star Trek recently? Well, um, about 10 years ago, he, he directed, I believe he directed it, um, but he also starred in, 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 the, um, in, in the independent uh, Star Trek film um, of Star Trek of Gods and Men. Um, most recently, uh, he has been working in, um, as a director and also starring in in Star Trek Renegades, which has yet to be released, but uh, we had a chance to talk to um, uh, Robert Picardo last summer. He he's got a part in it, and uh, and, and and we got to talk to Tim Russ more about it. Awesome, awesome. So we had a chance. Um, I think you and M interviewed him, right? Right, right. Um, and we had a chance to interview him. It's not a long interview, five ten minutes. Um, but it was a chance to sit down with Tuvok right. and pick his brain a little bit about Star Trek and about his role there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, anything notable about it? Um, I don't want to spoil the interview. M asked him an interesting question about what he was nerding out about, and uh, I liked his answer. You liked his answer on it? Awesome. Yeah. And uh, what was it like sitting down for you with Tuvok? Well, it, I always liked the character of Tuvok. I just thought he he had a he had a presence about him on the show, and um, he was more Vulcan than Spock was. Um, and he actually isn't what that do you far. Mean off. by that? 
less emotional, um, more, um, I don't know, just more by the book. Um, Spock, there was a, throughout Star Trek, Spock struggled with his, um, with who he, who he was a little more. I mean, Tuvok, I mean, he was a Vulcan. That's what he was. He was straight Vulcan. He wasn't half human, half Vulcan. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that that that's a difference, right? Oh, definitely, yeah, definitely. So that, that's what that's that's the reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, very cool. Well, he, so without further ado, here is our interview with Tim Russ from Farpoint. If you get a chance to visit this con, it's a small con, but they bring some really awesome guests, and we're going to share one of them now with you. Helen's going to be with us. The captain wants her to serve a function, to contribute in some way. A reasonable expectation. What are her skills? Basically, she was a security operative for her people. She's a trained expert in weaponry, surveillance, fighting skills. Any idea where she might fit in? Mr. Neelix could use an assistant in the mess hall. Tuvok, that was a joke. Don't deny it, you were trying to be funny. If you choose to interpret my remark as humorous, That is your decision. I do. And it was. It's perfectly logical. All the qualities you mentioned would help in defending Neelix against the periodic wrath of the crew. (laughs) Maybe so. But don't you think she'd be better off as a member of your security detail? Perhaps. Hey, fans. We are at Farpoint 2015. We're hanging out with Tim Russ. You might know him from something called Star Trek Voyager and his amazingly huge list of credits from TV and film. Mr. Russ, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Thank you. It's my pleasure. It's great to have you. It's hard to believe we're looking back at 20 years since Voyager aired. I, I remember when I, where I was when it, when it came on. Will Vegas Con be doing something special for the 20th anniversary? You know, I'm not sure what they have uh, planned this year for, um, for the Vegas Con. I know that next year, I believe, is even a bigger uh, celebration, I believe. It's, is it uh, 40 or 50 years for... We're hitting a 50, yeah. It's 50, yeah. yeah. So they may wait until the next year to do the really big stuff for the entire uh, franchise. Uh, right now, I'm not aware of anything that they're doing special for Voyager this year. Well, you guys definitely deserve uh, something oh, yeah. good. Thank you. Oh, yeah. I mean, female captain. So we're gonna get to see Tuvok again in, in a Star Trek project. Uh, we saw him again a few years ago from Of Gods of Men, and 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 something new I'm really excited about the yet to be released Star Trek Renegades. Mm-hmm. For maybe some of our fans who are not in the know, um, you're not only starring in it, but you're also gonna be behind the camera as well. Can you please give us the lowdown on Star Trek Renegades? Yes, yeah, Star Trek Renegades is uh, it's an independent film, uh, Trek film. It's uh, produced by the same person that uh, Sky Conway that produced uh, Gods and Men. And uh, he called me about doing this as well, and uh, they wrote a script between himself, uh, Jack uh, uh, Trevino, and Ethan Cock. And we put it together, we shot it about a year ago, October, uh, about a year ago. Um, and it, it's, it's basically a, a, it takes place 11 years beyond Voyager, so mm-hmm. some of the characters and roles have changed in terms of um, the, 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 the characters that we're familiar with, just a few of them. but. It's an interesting story. It has a little bit to do with, um, you know, what the trade-off is for uh, for saving, you know, uh, doing something heroic or courageous to save, you know, many many lives, but yet breaking the rules to do so. And it's sort of like a, a covert black ops sort of version of Star Trek. It's a little bit darker, a little bit more moody, a um, little grittier. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's a it's a ragtag team of people who come together to to fulfill this mission that the Federation cannot by law do. 
So that's a pretty cool story. I can't wait to see it. Thank you. Well, how can our fans get a hold of this? What's the distribution process? Um, well, it's going to be aired eventually once we finish it. Probably be done in March um, of this year. Uh, we're looking at either mid-March, late March to get all the effects done. There's a lot of effects in it. And, uh, <laughs> so we're going to, it'll be streaming. Uh, we'll have a premiere, I guess, sort of day of, uh, that they announced that where it's going to be. Right now it's on uh, www.startrekofgodsandmen.com is the website, and they do update it. So uh, there's a scene on there. There's a trailer on there. And uh, we're still in the process, like I said, of just putting the, the final uh, touches on the effects. We also have a music video that we shot. We're going to release that, I think, even prior to the uh, screening of this as well. So uh, there was a song that was written originally for, uh, for, the, for, for the film, and it's got footage of the film in it as well. So we're going to release that beforehand as well. Very cool. Awesome. Now, we're sitting here at a sci-fi con, and personally, I'm sitting here nerding out a whole bunch. Um, so when you're in this environment, what, what do you nerd out about? What is, what's, what's your nerd? Well, you know, um, I, quite honestly, um, there was an event I went to not long ago um, that was uh, on the Paramount lot, and this is why we were still shooting uh, Voyager, and, uh, and it was a big sort of a network soiree that they had, and they invited a bunch of people down for it, and uh, quite honestly, uh, fans were asking m uh, me for my autograph while I was trying to find uh, Buzz Aldrin to get his autograph. <laughs> So, that awesome. to me is where I start to nerd out. I started going into the actual, uh, the actual science, and the actual people who do things. Uh, so it was, uh, and I had the same, I had the same incident uh, happen with. Uh, um, uh, I can't remember the lady's name right quick, but she works with the chimpanzees. Uh, Goodall, Jane Goodall. Mm. I chased her through. I was trying to find. <laughs> she was at we were another another event, and she, everybody was crowded around her. I was just trying to get one break to get in there and get it, you know, say hello and just shake her hand and get to tell her how much I appreciate what she's done over the years. And, those are the kind of things that I will nerd out about. That's exciting. Cool. That's very cool. Um, we're really excited about uh, Renegades, but what other future projects can we look forward to that you'll, you'll be um, I just finished working on Fifth Passenger as an actor. Um, uh, just finished shooting about a week ago, as a matter of fact. Um, it is an independent film. I'm sure they have their own well website by now, but it's called Fifth Passenger. It's a sci-fi as well. Mm -hmm. um, I'm in it along with Armin Shimmerman. Cool. Uh, and uh, it's a it's a pretty cool little piece. Uh, Manu is also in it. Was was on our series Voyager as well as a recurring. Mm -hmm. And um, and it's a, it's a pretty cool piece. It you know it's a, it's like a lifeboat in space kind of thing, but there's a twist to it at the end. It's very cool. Um, and also set to uh, get behind the camera again on a project in the mid-summer of this year, uh, scheduled tentatively for uh, either May or June, which would shoot in Atlanta, which is a biopic that uh, takes place in 1916. Nice. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. You're quite yeah. welcome. Yeah. It was yeah. really great having you. Thanks so much, Tim Russ. My pleasure. Well, Miles, it is dessert time. Dessert time. Are you ready for some dessert? Absolutely. We have a Sci-Fi 5 and 5, and it is coming from Damon Haywood, who has uh, been on the podcast as far as he shared stuff in the podcast before, and right, listener feedback and so yeah. on. And um, he writes this. I'm going <laughs> to read it, and then we're going to talk about his top five obscure obscure TV shows that you maybe should have watched, or maybe you missed and want to go back and watch. So... I think on there we added at the end of it, it wasn't on Raul's list because he's the one that kind of got us started on this, but Raul's list basically said, was it Raul? No, it wasn't Raul. It was Colin Taylor's list yeah. who basically said, 
Um, here are the five TV shows, and I think we added Charlie Jade as being mine. Um, and we, had, of course, reviewed Charlie Jade way back when. And he says this, my friend let me borrow his copy of Charlie Jade, Canada-South Africa combo parallel world show. I remember it was quite stylized, different colored filters, depending on which world they were in. I enjoyed it from what I remember. Here are a few obscure ones for you. And let's do every other one. I'll okay. start with the first one, and you can take the second one. Hard time on planet Earth. The bad karate master from Karate Kid as an alien forced to serve time on Earth. His only companion was a small, talking, floating eye thing. I have not heard of this show. It's obscure. It's obscure. I have not heard of this either. I, I, I'm impressed he found this. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> well, he watches a lot of late night TV, as he says. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. The next one on the list is The the Others. Not related to the Kidman film with the same name. It was about a group of strangers who all have something paranormal about them, starring John Billingsley from Enterprise. Oh, did you see The Others? I'm not familiar with this one either. Well, maybe one that you want to watch now that Billingsley's in it. I like Billingsley. Oh, I, I do too. Yeah, we just, do we chat with him? We, we did we have did, yeah, her, oh, yeah. him and uh, his wife. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, number three, someone is out there. One of the Dabo sisters as an alien who partners up with a cop to hunt down an alien xenomorph. Uh, what, what what country are these shows taking place? In? I don't know. Did it, did you see this one? The, the, this this is off my this is not my wow. Favorite if too. it's off your radar, it's pretty big, mile. Well, I'm wondering if uh, these are international. That's all. No, no, they aren't all. I don't think they're all international. Okay. Um, anyways, uh, number four. Number four, uh, the Brimstone, uh, or just just Brimstone. A guy who escaped hell made a deal with the devil to return 113 evil souls who escaped hell and return them. They are to free his soul. Oh yeah, it's a little bit of fantasy. I, I've heard th- this. I've heard of this one. Uh, okay, well that's that's something. I, I I don't feel like I totally lost all my geek cred. Yeah. <laughs> and the last one, the Burning Zone, kind of an X file ish, but the phenomena was all medical based mutations and viruses. I wonder if it came out after the X Files or before the X Files. Never heard. I you know, Damien, I never heard of any of these. Mm-hmm. And I've maybe heard of one of them. <laughs> so, uh, so you have indeed stumped us. Uh, any of you out there watch these shows? What did you think of these shows? If you saw them, he admits that he uh, has many more, and he stayed up watching a lot of late night crap growing up. <laughs> so that's the way he words it. So he's not saying that these are the best shows out there. They're just obscure shows. Mm-hmm. And maybe you have your own favorite obscure shows. If you want to share them with us, you can email us to the sci fi diner podcast at gmail.com. We like to share some of these obscure shows of yours or maybe some shows that you feel should have made the list and didn't. So, well, I think that does it, Miles. Do we have anything else we need to talk about? No, I think we covered it this week. Yeah, be sure to join us on our Facebook page. We'd love to have you join the conversation there. Uh, You can also comment on our posts. We don't often respond in the blog post, but we'll respond on the Facebook page, and we certainly will respond here in the show. Definitely. Thank you so much for joining us. Hope you enjoyed our Tim Russ interview and dessert tonight. We have some good, some good, some good discussion tonight. Yeah, and uh, that was that. I enjoyed that list, uh, Damien. Thanks. Yeah. yeah, thank you, Damien. Thanks, Jim and Sarah for writing in, and thank you all for joining us tonight. We hope M feels better. We look forward to having her back on in the next two weeks when we record again. But we appreciate. All of you who listen to the Sci-Fi Diner, I believe that's about it, Miles. All right. Well, till next time, good night and good luck. We will see ya.